Recorded live. Brainosaur presents the Weekday Warriors of And welcome to the Weekday Wars of Wrestling for August 8th, 2017. And we are presented to you by TheBrainosaur.com. I'm Eric Clancy alongside Mr. Patrick Kelly. we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. We've got Raw, we've got uh, NXT, we've got Lucha Underground, we've got New Japan. we got all sorts of things to chat about. Where do you want to start, Patrick? Oh, well, let's, you know, worse is first. Let's start with Raw. Let's go right into Raw. Um... Alright, so, um, let me pull up the results here. Um, yeah, so, uh, I don't know, how did you feel about this show? Obviously, it's not well by that opening. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I actually didn't watch the show this week, um, but I did read the results, and it just sounds, you know, more the same, to be perfectly honest. Um, it sounds like Jason Jordan is not working as Kurt Angle's son, it's kind of flopping. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how they think that this is going to get him over as a face. I mean, maybe with, like, a nepotism angle it could, but, like, yeah, it's not, um, it's, it's not working. Yeah, and, yeah, not surprised by that. Also, uh, speaking of things that aren't working, uh, you know, we kind of called that Bailey was not going to work on the main roster for the reasons that they were going to water her down and just not present her correctly. I heard that her big emotional speech where she had to bow out of the title match with injuries uh, was greeted with booze. That and is not true. Like, yeah, not booze in the, oh, no, she can't perform way, but in boo, you suck way. Yes, very much. And they were like, uh, Corey Graves is like, oh, we're in bizarro land here in Toronto, <laughs> which is dog whistle for don't react like this, anyone else watching. But, I mean, Toronto gets uh, a rough rap for like uh, the like bizarro world, and but I, I think there was that one of... SummerSlam where they crapped on everything, and that kind of gave them that rep. But that was like 13 years ago. Yeah, but they also like they also like if you've got bullshit, they like will call you on it. And I mean, WWE loves to talk about how great the Hogan and Rock reaction was at at WrestleMania tw- uh, X8 or 18, whatever the fuck it was. And uh, they're like, oh, it was amazing, blah, 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 blah. But then they're like, oh, anytime else it happens in Toronto, they're like, it's bizarro world. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, it's it's funny because, like, you know, Brock Lesnar got cheered, Seth Rollins got cheered, um, Sasha Banks got cheered, Enzo Amore got cheered, who is by no means a... Internet Mark favorite. Finn Balor got cheered. Um, Ambrose got cheered until he stopped the sharpshooter, which I don't know why anyone thought that would be a good idea. Um, and Strowman got cheered. I mean, not that he's a face, but, like, the normal guys got cheered. The people that didn't were, like, Jason Jordan and Bailey and and... I mean, that's pretty much it. It wasn't like... It wasn't like a bunch of crazy shit happened, you know? Like, they... they, they they call you they call you on your bullshit and 
Bailey is garbage on the main roster. I mean, from a character's perspective. And like, has been. Uh, like, yeah. This isn't like a new development either. It's almost been ever since she got there, they've just been mishandling well, her. Do you remember that uh, before the Survivor Series when there was like that four-on-one beatdown and Bailey participated in a four-on-one beatdown? I can't remember who it was of, but I'm like, I remember everybody saw that and they're like, holy shit, really? And it was just such... It was just like, that's not Bailey. I mean, I, I don't know who you have in the main roster, but that's not Bailey. Um, and then, of course, when she won it from Charlotte, tainted, and then Stephanie is like, you should give it up. And Bailey should have given it up. And you could have done that many ways. She could have, should have said, you know what, this is my dream, and I love this. And as much as I don't like you, I understand that you're right, and I do have to win this fair and square. But no, she's just like, no, I'm going to keep this. And it was just like such an obnoxious main roster baby face move. And it's just like, ugh. And, I mean, it's it's been par for the course. Bailey's been dead in the water for a while um, because they don't know how to write baby faces. And Bailey on the on NXT is such a pure baby face, but the main roster doesn't seem to know how to do a pure baby face. No, I mean, this is the same uh, creative system that had Sami Zayn. And a few years ago when they were in NXT, we were saying Sami Zayn and Bayley are pretty much the two top babyfaces in wrestling right now. They're like the new age Ricky Steamboats in a way. And that's not what we're seeing on the main roster from either one of them. I was watching SmackDown a few weeks ago, and um, they did a bit with him and Mike Kanellis, not Bennett, um, where Sami Zayn was basically like ripping on him for being in love with his wife. And it's like, okay, seriously, Sami's the asshole in this situation. Like, yeah. why does he care if that dude's in love with his wife? Why is that a problem? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, the writing for that, like, is wretched. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they don't know how to write baby faces. They, they, for the most part, can't write heels. Um, they can't do a lot. But um, let's get through some of this stuff. So the segment opened, and it was Miz TV with – Brock Lesnar appearing on it because Jason Jordan was not going to appear on it. And Miz, once again, did, like, yeoman's work as far <laughs> as, like, getting this shit over. And Brock, like, destroys everybody. Fine, whatever. Um, but, I mean, like, Miz is just, like, some on some next-level bullshit right here as far as just, like, being just top-level heel. He's just, like, so good at everything he does, and he has been for quite some time that it's just, like... I mean, he's honestly my favorite part of the show. Like, Can we give him, like, an Unsung Hero Award? Because he really is, uh, I mean, he's kind of the MVP of the WWE right now. I would Just say so. Just for pure quality of his work standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I agree. And, I, like, I like I dig Miz. I'm more interested in than Miz than I probably am of anyone else on the show. Uh, either show. And I know everybody's like, oh, AJ Styles is the best. AJ Styles is amazing. AJ Styles is a really good worker, but I don't, like, have to see AJ Styles. I'm also, like, to me, it's always, like, insane where it's like, AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world. I'm like, AJ Styles, is n his name is not Kajika Okada. So I don't know where we're getting this from. Like, it's so, it's so weird to me because I – here's the thing. I like AJ a lot, and I think AJ's had a 
fantastic career. But is it, it's so weird. Like, once he went to New Japan, everybody's like, oh, he's a really good worker. Like, they didn't, like, in TNA, he wasn't for all those years, you know? Like, like it's There was so... always that, uh, you and I always praised AJ, but there was always that Ring of Honor fan contingent that was like, oh, AJ's not as good as so-and-so. Or I, I had people tell me he wasn't as good as Roderick Strong, which I was like, okay, sure. But once he left TNA and went to New Japan, then it was like, oh, AJ's the greatest in the world. And it's just, it's, Weird how I don't know the stink of TNA kind of warps people's visions. Yeah, it really it really does. And I'm not a TNA fan, but like there's clearly a bias. There was for many years against AJ because he was in TNA, Mr. TNA. Yeah. Um, well, the same thing with Kurt Angle. Uh, when he first went there, you know, I started noticing that there were more and more fans saying, "Oh, he's not as good as he was in WWE." And it's like it's exactly the same. He's yeah. exactly the same. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, 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 that's right. You're right. You're right. Um, so yeah, Brock throws everybody around because I'm assuming he is losing this weekend, and um, he needed to get or not this weekend, next weekend. Um, and he needed. Who do you think he's going to drop it to? I think he's going to drop it to Roman. That would be the most boring option. I think there. I think he's going to drop it to Roman, and. And then you probably you might have a Roman and Balor thing going after that, which was the original plan last year after Balor mm. won it. Yeah. Um, I would honestly, I think you know my feelings on it. I would just give it to Strowman and let him tear through everybody. I would. I mean, Strowman's over his shit, and like they don't seem to understand that. Um, yeah. No. I. I I, I I would give it to Strowman too. I would get. I mean, I don't know why Strowman is like fucking not beating everybody super duper clean all the time. I don't understand why he needs help to beat Roman Reigns. Like, I I know he's beaten him clean in the past and it's fine, but like, it's just Braun Strowman is like Goldberg, Steve Austin, hybrid killer man, and I I just think like I don't know. He he's so he's been so muddy. Like, just just give him a shot. But anyway, um. So, yeah, that segment. Um, Jason Jordan, Jordan squashes a jobber because because of Brock Lesnar's attack on Curtis Axel. Um, oh, by the way, just to go back, to show you how good Miz was, Miz was in a segment with Paul Heyman, and Miz was the best promo in that segment. <laughs> and I Patrick, you'll, see, you'll see when you go back and watch it. He does, like, a very funny Paul Heyman impression. It's really good. Um, uh, so Jordan beats Jean-Pierre Goulet, uh, who's a jobber. I thought of, because I, I thought of, uh, who was the evil pirate, Jacques Rougeau? No. Jean-Pierre uh, Lafitte. Jean-Pierre Lafitte, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it's like a Rene Goulet, Jean-Pierre Lafitte mix-up name. Um, okay. And, you know, everybody's booing him because, like, why, you don't, you don't, don't need squash. You don't need a squash match for an established talent that's a face, you know? Like, it doesn't make much sense, and nobody's going to get behind mm-hmm. it. Uh, so, yeah, that happened. Hey, also, uh, is there any particular reason, and I know we're going back a few weeks here, is there any particular reason why they needed to break up American Alpha? I mean, why couldn't we just have them? I mean, why couldn't you just do something I mean, with that team? I guess in a perfect world, you'd keep them together, but they were also doing absolutely nothing with them, which, once again, I don't know why. I don't know why this company does many of the things they do, but, mm. like, 
I, I to to answer your question, I don't know. To get Jason Jordan over, I guess. Unless they're trying to get him over as like a top heel, but I feel like they've got like eighty heels right now. So <laughs> they probably don't need one of those. So like like Raw is like loaded with heels. Yeah. I mean Roman's if you think one like of them, despite what they say. Yeah. Oh no, he is a he yeah, oh god. Anyway, so um we had two matches between the tag team champions, one with Sheamus and Rollins, one with Ambrose and Cesaro. Um, I thought the Sheamus and Rollins one was very good. Uh, Sheamus wins with, like, the roll-up off of a like, little trickery from Cesaro. And then Sheamus and Cesaro beat up Seth, and Dean Ambrose doesn't come down. Uh, later in the night, Ambrose beats Cesaro and they try to beat down Ambrose, and Seth comes down. And in between this, Seth said, you know, what the hell do I have to do? And Dean Ambrose says, like, you know, you're on your own, just like I'm always on my own. Uh, and then after Seth saves, saves Dean, he he goes for the, uh, he reluctantly, like, puts the shield fist in, but Seth walks away. So there's this constant, like, back and forth, which, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's great, but it's like... I mean, at least it's a story and, like, people's relationships are being forwarded. So, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get on, on Raw. Uh, I'm not asking for, like, time travelers to fight snake masters and have everything be beautifully scripted. But, um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, now, Patrick, let me tell you about this segment, because this is one of my absolute favorite segments. Uh, like, ironically, not really. Um, okay. So Finn Balor comes out, and he cuts pretty good promo actually on on Bray Wyatt where he talks about how by his standards or in general just a good promo by by his standards okay um and uh he says that you know Bray is uh, is a guy that act, was, this is really funny that cares more about hurting people than he does wins or losses and I'll say I'll say and he says he cares more about uh, scaring people than he does anything else. And he gives him the creeps, but he's not afraid of them. And then Bray Wyatt comes down, and when ba- Bray-, Bray Wyatt teleports into the ring, Finn Balor's on the top rope, and Bray says, oh, I like this, and he goes for him, and Finn Balor jumps over him. Finn Balor then drop kicks him, sling blades him, and then delay drop kicks him. Then Bray Wyatt teleports out of the ring is on the screen and said, ha, 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 Finn Balor, I see why everybody loves you, because you fly. But when I knock you out of the air, they will fall too. And then that's it. And they're like, the announcer's like, the mind games begin. And I'm saying, what mind games? Finn Balor just beat up this guy. He ran away, whether it was teleportation or not. Then he then he talked shit after he got the got his mouth kicked in. Like, what the fuck? Is raw like I, I just don't understand. I, I'm not upset that Bray Wyatt hasn't been booked correctly because Bray Wyatt hasn't been booked correctly for four years. But holy shit, how are you even gonna pretend that like this guy got beat up and then he's like he's playing mind games? Like if I go up to somebody and he kicks the shit out of me and then I run away, is somebody gonna go, oh, that was that guy who just got beat up. He's playing mind games with him. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all those mind games he just played. He got beat up and then he left. Wow! Like, who the fuck writes this shit? What was on the board? Was it like, okay, okay, so here's what we're going to do. So, so okay, I got an idea. We'll pitch it to Vince. Um, We'll have 
Finn come down, and he'll say that he's better than Bray Wyatt. Then Bray Wyatt comes down, and Finn beats him up. Then he disappears, and then Bray Wyatt tells Finn that he's better. Huh? Huh? Let's pitch it to Vince. I'm sure Vince loves it because the face gets over in that situation. But, you know, we always compare Bray Wyatt to The Undertaker, and it's apt, but I would like to make a comparison to Mankind in 1996 when Mankind was first introduced. Somewhat similar, like, ideas. He plays mind games with his opponents and all that other stuff. The difference is is that Mankind shit was effective. Like, he would attack The Undertaker mid-promo while he's sitting in a casket, and he would torture Shawn Michaels and do all these other things that were actually effective and impactful. And that made him an effective character. And that's what also, he from beat Wyatt. everybody, except for, like, oh, the Undertaker. Oh, he beat Undertaker. He yeah, beat he beat Undertaker. him for a little bit. Then he lost, like, a thousand times in a row to him. But, yeah, but no, I mean, yeah, he beat Undertaker, but he beat everybody else, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was actually an effective character and treated as someone who was, like, a threat to top guys like a Shawn Michaels or like a Steve Austin or whatever. And that's not what they're doing with Bray. He's just a joke at this point. Like, why, like, I mean, okay, so this would not be good, this would not be as good since it's preceded by four years of awful Bray Wyatt booking, but why not have, like, when Finn Balor's doing his, like, ballerina thing, why not have Bray Wyatt just come out from behind him and beat the shit out of him? Like, that would be, like, really interesting and, like, oh, you know, like, 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 you know how Mankind, Undertaker would, like, cut his spooky promo and Mankind would just attack him because, like... Why wouldn't you attack the Undertaker when he's just standing there from behind? You know, so like I, I don't. Um, so yeah, well, I mentioned just, the casket promo. I mean, that was the one that really got my attention. Was when Undertaker lo- sitting in the casket, cutting a promo, and mankind just beats the shit out of him. I know. It's like it's like why wouldn't you? Like I loved when people would approach the Undertaker like a real person. Like like they'd just be like, he's like, oh, you're in the casket. I'm gonna close it and then lock you inside of it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so so Bray Wyatt is as good as ever. Um, uh, let me go through the rest of this. So, uh, blah, 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 and then Braun Strowman beats Roman Reigns when Samoa Joe uh, Coquina clutches Roman Reigns. So Strowman okay. goes over. Um, so I think Why that's is Joe like, helping Braun win? Because they're heels, and all heels are friends forever. Okay, I mean they're all opponents at SummerSlam. You would think Joe would just knock them both out, but. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would mean every man for themselves, Patrick. So no one's on the same side. You know what I've always loved when Vince. Have you? Do you remember when Vince was commentary on Royal Rumbles and he would go, "Remember, it's every man for himself." And then if people like work together in in the uh, uh, in the Royal Rumble con- match, he would go, "Oh, this isn't how it's supposed to go. It's supposed to be every man for himself. You can't team up. Like it was illegal to team up or something." <laughs> you, you, you remember those like comments, right? He he had like a shit fit over it all the time. Oh yeah, yeah, completely. That's why I loved having Ventura or somebody else to like counterbalance him on commentary because it was always like hilarious. Because somebody like Ventura would just call him on his shit, and it was great. Yeah, you're not. To, it's supposed to be every man for himself. I guess when you win, Vince, but you can do whatever you want up until that point, you idiot. Like if you don't like someone, why wouldn't you team up with someone? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Um, I mean, if you've got Andre the Giant in there, yeah, get like five, six people together and throw them out. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're gearing up for NXT Brooklyn. Did you um, – and, and, and all of Ring of Honor in New Japan is debuted on NXT now as we now have 
Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly has debuted against Alistair Black. And thank God Alistair Black won, because one of these men is a star and one of these men is not. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't mind Kyle O'Reilly, and I, I, I enjoy uh, uh, Red Dragon, but, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, come on. He's, uh, yeah, I, I know. He's a solid addition to the roster. He's not a guy that I would make world champion. That's just yeah. my take on it. But, yeah. no, I, I, I think, um, yeah, a lot of the buildup to this show has actually been pretty good. I like We've got Itami versus Aleister Black set up, and I'm really excited for that match because you've got Itami, who's been a jackass lately, and you've got Aleister Black, who's unbeatable. And I'm like, I legit don't know who's going to win that match. Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, – uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's um... – uh, I agree. I, I think I think Atami's character turn has helped him out a lot because yeah. I mean when when Atami first came in he was like special and it was like him and Balor and it was like kind of that like it was him Balor and Owens came in at the same time and it's like oh like look at all these like top indie guys but now there's so many top indie guys that Atami doesn't stand out as much as he used to so it's like you gotta kind of do something here. Um, so the injuries didn't help him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Poor time, poorly timed injuries. Um, so I enjoyed that main event, but like, I mean, I, I, to me, I think Alistair Black is such a, and thankfully they realized that. But he's like a dude that you can like really go far with. Um, uh, that said, yeah, no, I think the card's looking pretty good. I think McIntyre and Rude ought to be really good, and I don't know if they add Roderick Strong to that, or, I don't know, I, I, it's interesting to see where they go with that. Um, Asuka and Ember Moon should be pretty good. Um, Do you think Asuka will finally lose? Yes, I do. Um, that said, I don't know if Ember's quite ready yet. Um, I mean, storyline-wise, it makes sense to do that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I like Ember. Um, I just wish she would have progressed a little faster. Um, she needs some promo work, although her, her stuff on this episode was, was good. Uh, but she does need some promo work. And, you know, she's I wish she wouldn't talk at all. Yeah, like the whole no, wolf the, character aspect. I wish she would just be a silent warrior type. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's probably a, the better way to go. Um, but uh, and you can eventually have some Ember and Nick. I mean, I think Nikki's probably the farthest along of anyone in that on that whole show. I think if regardless of who wins this one, I think they should have it in their plans to eventually get that belt to Nikki Cross because she's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Gar- uh, Johnny Gargano came back. Um, That's cool. Uh, when, yeah, when Champa eventually comes back from injury, which I don't know how much time on the shelf he's got, but when we eventually get that match, that one's going to be a great one. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, you could main event a, a takeover with that thing, I think. I think so. Yeah, that could, could be the WrestleMania weekend main event. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, I think... Um, I think NXT's in a lot better spot than it was a year ago. Uh we talked about how depleted everything was after the um after the, the brand extension, but I think mm-hmm. they've rebuilt fairly well. Um and assuming they don't lose like a hundred guys here, 
they're in a pretty good spot. I think McIntyre is, I mean, he's probably not going to be there for too long. I think Rude will probably go up after SummerSlam. Um, but McIntyre is, is like so fucking polished. He's like, he's like, I mean, he's, he's a main roster main eventer, I think. Um, and I just think Black, to happen. Yeah. I, I think Black is there. Um, I mean, even Roderick Strong, who you know I've never been a fan of, and oh, I already bashed him on the show. <laughs> yeah, I know, but but I mean, but what they've done with him and like you know his promo after Bobby Roode was was not very good, but they've really given him a character and they've given him what we haven't had for for many years, and that's like you know um, sympathy and and an emotional connection. And is it is he my favorite character in the show? No, but he's much improved to where he was, you know, ten months ago. So. Oh, I would say it's the best he's ever been because that's the thing he's been missing all along because they kept, like, especially in Ring of Honor, they kept trying to push him as, like, the, the top egotistical guy and his I'm Mr. ROH and all this other stuff. And he just couldn't convincingly play that. So, all right, he doesn't have the best promos, doesn't have the best look. Let's humanize the hell out of him. So they gave him this backstory and this emotional connection that you talked about, and that made him a lot more interesting than any other kind of, you know, theatrical thing that they – tried to attach to him in the past yeah now in what's a amazing segue if i do say so myself a man who can play egotistical the hilt and a man who is just as as i live and breathe on some next level heel bullshit is johnny mundo oh yes <laughs> yeah now here's here's a guy where eight years ago you and i said this is a dude that you know if if you if you really play it right, could be just such a such a top guy. And WWE never really developed him to that level or or allowed him to be what that needed to be. And for the past year in Lucha Underground, Johnny Mundo has been on fire, uh, in the ring, on the mic, as a character. Just he hits all the boxes and his match with El Dragon Azteca and some of the heel work he did after. I mean, I, like, I'm a Johnny Mundo fan, and I'm ready to see Ray take this guy out. I mean, I'm so pumped for this match between the two of them. It's been built up so well, probably one of the best built-up matches in years. And, geez, just, just, it's so funny how everybody's like, oh, you know, Lucha Underground is such a, is, is like such an avant-garde show, and it totally is. But it's so interesting as they use such old school techniques to get to get classic wrestling reactions. Well, that's part of what's missing in the WWE right now. Uh, they don't let the heels be heels. They either lose all the time or they don't do anything that's that bad. So why should I hate them? Um, I mentioned it with the Raw main events. Like, why is Mojo helping Braun Strowman win a match? That doesn't make any sense. They just don't do anything that makes me want to hate him. Like, cause half the time their motivations don't make any sense. Like Bray Wyatt, or they lose all the time, like Bray Wyatt. And here <laughs> in Lucha Underground, you've got Marty, the Moth Martinez, who is this creepy stalker that's in love with Melissa and doing that whole thing. And he wants to cut the shit out of the guy that's interested in, or that she's interested in, in Phoenix. So you have that going on. And then you've got Johnny Mundo, who's taking the world title belt and smacking Rey Mysterio's son in the face with it. And I'm like, Fuck that guy. And that's the reaction that I should be getting from these heels. And you've got Mantanza, too, who... Um, who well, murders people? Might, yeah, he murders people. But, you know, he might not be... You might not hate him more than anyone, but, like, dude doesn't lose, and you respect him as a as a competitor, you know? And you're like, um, 
so so there's that. Uh, if you still consider Mil Mortes a heel, I mean, these guys are protected. You want to talk about, and, and by the way, with the tease that we're getting at Ultima Lucha of Trace, Mil Mortes versus Cage, I am on board with that hostage. <laughs> like, you know, like, take my money that I don't have to pay you for this. I'm just like... You're going to give me these two bulls up against, like, oh, I'm so psyched for that match. Like, if Mm -hmm. the card is what I think it is, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Ray and Puma in the main event, which, like, year-long story, I mean, not even year-long, two-year-long storytelling on that kind of stuff. And if you have, like, um, uh, Mortes and Cage, uh, Mundo and, I want, who, who was I thinking that he would go against? I'm trying to think who would be good because I'm thinking of I like I'm thinking of the possibilities for the main event. I'm thinking it's either going to be uh, Ray and Puma two, Mundo and Puma, or uh, Ray and Pentagon. Those are the three possibilities I see for the title match. Um, I'm not sure where that leaves. Depending on what they go with, I'm not sure where that leaves the other guys though. Yeah. So I think. So I think. Uh, yeah, I think Phoenix and Marty. Are kind of yeah. in fact, it might be Phoenix and Melissa against Marty and Mariposa, um, which that could, could be interesting. Um, uh, cool shot and Dante Fox. Yes, yes. Which, by the way, Dante Fox just incredible work in the tournament. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I honestly, Patrick, I think it's got to be Puma and Ray because when they did that video and they were asking people about it, and they had that thing with Puma and they were like, "Who's going to win?" And he says Ray because he doesn't know how to lose. And it's just like everything that they've done with Puma where he's like, he was the hero, then he lost it. Then on trying to like, then then he suffers that setback when he loses to Ray because he makes that mistake. Vampiro gets his claws into him, turns him essentially into Prince Puma Dark. And now embracing that dark side, he will finally conquer Ray. But at what cost? I think that's the story. I think that's the one you got to tell. Um, uh, where that leaves Mundo, I'm not quite sure. I, I, I had an idea earlier, but I can't remember what it was. Um, Mundo versus Matanza? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know how you get there. Could be. Maybe Mundo and Pentagon. I don't know. I don't know. There, there's, there's different things. I don't know what you do. But um, look, they have a ton I, of guys I like, and any of those possibilities could work for me. Yeah, so. absolutely. But, but like, like we're saying, like this, these guys are protected. There's care put into these storylines. It's just like, and this tournament's been great. I mean, I I really think, mm-hmm. like, I love a good tournament, and I like the dudes have been getting, like, I mean, yeah, there's some, there's some like, distraction roll-ups and stuff like that. But, you know, for the most part, guys, like, I mean, Puma, Puma won most of his matches fairly convincingly. I'm like, dude, he's, he's you know, he's going to win. You know, like, all the, the Phoenix, same way. Like, you're, you're establishing guys as stars, and, I don't know. It's just just been really, really good, and I've 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 enjoyed the um, I've enjoyed the run that they've they've had leading up to this. Yeah, uh, this tournament and the G1 climax. It just shows it's like, hey, wrestling tournaments can work if you put the effort into it. Yeah, have you been that watching? Was, what was it that was saying a few years ago that WWE doesn't like doing tournaments because they quote unquote don't draw? Yeah, I know. That's what I heard from. I think like Shearer said that or something. But yeah, no, that's and it's ridiculous because like. <laughs> WWE doesn't just book like good tournaments, but um, have you been watching the uh, the the G1? Because I have not. 
I'm up through night uh, like five or six, so I'm not completely caught up. But I've, uh, yes, I have been watching it. You've watched like all the nights. No, no, I just pick and choose. Like I look at the cards, I see which matches I want to watch. Yeah, I see that Okada and Omega have still not faced yet. Uh, that's gonna be the that's the last night gotcha. before the finals. Maybe I'll yeah. check that out. Let's see how everybody's doing here. So. Okay, so this doesn't surprise me too much here. So Okada on one side. Has Okada lost yet? Let's see. I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, he lost no, to Evil. He lost to Evil. Really? That's shocking. And, and he drew with Suzuki. Okay. They like Evil a lot. They they like they think he's like like a dude, you know? Um Um I, I think he's all right. I'm not Yeah, he's fine. Like, I think Sonata is such much is is I think there's more money in Sonata than I do Evil. Mm. Um, uh, okay, so Okada and Naito are both tops in their... Well, actually, so Okada's tops in Block B. In Block A, Tanahashi and Naito are tied. Okay. Uh, and then Bad Luck Fale has got a lot of wins. Yeah, Bad Luck Fale, who... I'm just going to say this right now. I think we've talked about this before. I don't understand... Why so many people say that Bad Luck Fale sucks? Because I hear it a lot. Guy and there's a bias against it. I he's a big guy that works like a big guy. What's the problem? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. He doesn't hurt anybody, not that I know of. So what? What the hell? He plays his role well. Yeah. Boy, Zack Saber Jr. He like uh, they had him getting some wins early on, and and not so much anymore. I mean, I guess it makes sense. He beat but... Tanahashi in the first night. Did he? Yeah. They, that they could be an interesting program. Yeah, they kind of made it a thing where Tanahashi always loses to the guy debuting in the G1 Climax, and mm. that's been the case the last, like, three years or something. I just do – I love it, though. You see the people with the least wins on both sides. Kojima and Nagata, as it should be. <laughs> you know, Agreed. like, like, like if, you're, if you're, like, an older dude and you're not able to compete as well anymore, like, you should not, like – Guys that are like 29 and 32 should not be putting over like what is Kojima like 46? Jesus Christ! And what's Nagata? He's got to be like 42, 49. Holy shit! Um, yeah. So not like I've seen him work. He's not terrible, but he's not what no, he used to be. So, but but like it's like they're not the future. They're not the present. You know, like exactly. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like Suzuki's fifty, but he's got that cachet that you can kind of like, like cash in on a little bit. So, um, and mm-hmm. Suzuki Goon's probably a b- bigger part of it than anything else. But even him, you know, like you're not gonna, like you you put Omega over Suzuki, um, and which so. they did. So, yeah, um. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, see what happens here, and the winner will go on. Do they have to do it in do it Wrestle Kingdom or just whenever they want? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's kind of it, it's kind of like what the Royal Rumble was in like 1991, where it, the win didn't give Hogan the automatic WrestleMania title shot, but it was just kind of understood that that person was going to challenge at Wrestle Kingdom. It was just yeah. kind of like that was the assumption. I, but I don't think it's a set thing. Yeah, because Omega won it last year. Yes, yes he did. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm thinking who wins? Does Omega win two in a row? Because I don't uh, know if that's ever happened. I think it has. Yes, it has. Hold on, let me see. Let me see. 
Wait. No, maybe it hasn't happened. Uh, Tenzon won it in 03 and 04. They actually won okay. it in 06. Um, Masachono won it in 91 and 92. Anoki won it. That doesn't really count, but 86, 87, <laughs> and 88. Uh, and also 84... And then Andre won in 85, and Andre won it in 82. And then Anoki won it in four times in a row, 78, 79, 80, and 81. Did he beat Hogan in one of the finals to those? That's fine. These were the MSG leagues, by the way. Um, let's find out, shall we? Let's see. Because <laughs> uh, I know they used to Hogan have Japanese and Gaijin. That's interesting. Mm. Uh, Speaking of old shit from the 70s, I've been scouring the WWE Network, and they posted, like, a bunch of old, like, Boston Garden and MSG cards from the 70s, and I've been watching, like, old Bruno San Martino title matches. It's actually a lot of fun. Is Are you sure that they didn't, um, that those haven't been on there? I've just noticed them, so I don't know. Some of them have just gotten released because they had, like, the new release label on them. I don't know how long the older ones have been there, but, yeah. you know, it's great having them there. I found them. That's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, is one against Spiro Agnew? Not that I've seen, but it's okay. maybe I, it's possible I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, okay. The last um, one I watched it was San Martino and Stan Hansen in a cage match. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's That's a big one. Um, okay, so Hogan was in the 81 MSG League. Um, okay. Uh... Now, back when when it was the MSG League, did it focus? Did it was the tournament style the same, where it's two blocks round robin style, and then the two winners of the two blocks face each other? Mm, it was a tournament. Okay. Um. Let's see here. If you can't tell, people, we're not entirely brushed up on the history of Japanese wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're learning as we go. Hogan won in '83. Um, let's see. Here's some matches that they had. He got a, a DCO. I guess that's a, did not, I don't know. Um, he beat <laughs> El Canic, Canic, um, or no, is it just Canic? Is this the same person as the Mexican wrestler? Yes, it is. Um, uh, he DCO'd, um, Anoki. I don't know what that means. He beat Killer Khan. He beat uh, Russia Kimura. He beat uh, Akira Maeda. He beat Big John Stud. He beat Enrique Vera, and he beat uh, he like beat everybody. It looks like. Um, well, if he won the tournament, I would think. And he be- and yeah, he beat Anoki in the final in that one. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the history of. Uh, <laughs> that's the short history of. The G1 Classic and its other weird names. Also, Steve Austin was in the 92 one. Interesting. Yeah, I knew he had gotten some runs in Japan early on in his career. He beat Arn Anderson in the first round, which I've seen that match, actually. Is that um, the match where they were both hung over and they, it was just the worst match ever? Maybe, because I... I've heard, I, yeah, I, I've heard I, Arn I, tell that story where they went out drinking the night before and were just completely wasted when they had their match. Huh. 
Yeah, he, Austin <laughs> went over and then he lost to uh, um, Great Muda, not under the Great Muda name. Um, but it's okay. Muto. Um, I think there's any interesting other ones here. The show is just me looking through tournament results. Um, Steve Regal. Tournaments don't draw, Eric. Stop it. Yeah, I know. In the, uh, Steve Regal in the 97 one. Uh, <laughs> Rick fucking Bogner as Big Titan in the 1998 one. Um, <laughs> uh, see here. Liger was in the 2001. Oh, Liger's in a few of them, it looks like. But he wasn't, not before that. Uh, Jun Akiyama. Brock only wrestled like that one match, right? Uh, I think he had a second match with Kurt. Because I remember Kurt beating him for his version of the IWGP title. Because those belts, I think, eventually had to be unified or something. He won in 2005, October, against uh, Kazuka Fujita. And um, Masachano. Uh, then he beat Nakanishi and Nagata. Oh, so he had a few of them. And then he beat um, he beat Nakamura. Then he beat Akabono. And that must have been a great match. Giant Bernard. Uh, oh yeah, in two thousand seven. He, oh yeah, he lost to to, to Angle. Oh. Right, because Angle, I remember Angle defended it at the next Wrestle Kingdom against Yuji Nagata. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. All right. So I think we're over time here, but uh, <laughs> that was uh that was us just talking about the G1 and just looking at things on Wikipedia for a while. So there you go. Wikipedia always a reliable source. Absolutely. Uh, so, all right. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, I, as always, am Eric Clancy. I'm alongside uh, Mr. Patrick Kelly. And, of course, we are... Signing off.